Hi guys, I'm André Villas Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 11, episode 29. I'm Jack. I'm ASD. Champagne football, Mark II, this week, wasn't it? Oh, 4 0 win at Villa. It is good at the moment, and it really is. I t- do you know what, though, before we start, do you know what is stuck in my head? One. I mean, I can't hear it. I can't hear it. Oh, no. he's suppressed it. <laughs> I'm just going to sing. Ready? I can't believe Gimme, gimme, gimme a ginger from Sweden. He came from you then. Just sending safe on the wings. I can't get enough of it. I mean, I can't get enough of it. Zoe was singing it oh, earlier. That, She's five. Would she? Love it. Love it. I mean, the the new boys from Juve just made such an impact, didn't they? You know, let, let, let's get into the game first of all, because um, you know, it was the unchanged team, firstly, which I think everyone was pretty happy about. Um, you know, we planned so well the last few weeks, so it sort of yeah. made sense that there wasn't any anyone coming in, coming out. Doherty. Good. I mean, it's so sad he's gone now. But I mean, you have got to congratulate the man for working so hard because he was in a he was in a real dip. Yeah, he, he has he has done really well. But to be honest, like Conte's just got him doing what he can do. Do you know what I mean? He's not being asked to do stuff that we know he can't. Which it feels like he was, you know, at the start of the season and the majority of last year. But yeah, definitely. To be having been playing down the left as well, which is again a, he's out of position doing that. He's been doing really well. It's a shame to see him injured. He's going to miss the rest of the season, apparently, isn't he? Which, um, you know, he must be gutted because it's the first time in his Spurs career so far that he's found a bit of form and he looks like he's sort of nailed on to start. If we'd have been saying five or six weeks ago, we'd be gutted because though it is out for the season, you'd have been like, what's going on? Um, So it it does show you how much he's turned it around. But football and Sport at a high level is so much about momentum, so much about momentum and so much of that is mentality and how you go into games and what you expect from it. And he's changed it around. That takes a longer term. It's not like he had a bad game and he came back the next game. He had a real dip and he knew what the fans were saying because he's, he's mentioned it in email in emails, in interviews and stuff. I, I just, it's really commendable like to see him. I know he's 30, so he's been playing, you know, for 25 years of his life and this is what he does but fair play to him you know he had to step up and he, he dipped and he's gone up I'm, I'm really pr- like, proud of him yeah. in a weird way yeah no he, he has done really well um but the game itself was a bit of a bonkers first half really wasn't it because obviously we've gone in front after three minutes with unbelievable finish from Sun I don't even know if he touched the ball up until that point no. and it was like the first moment in the final third He's not even got half a second to think about it. Bang, balls in the back of the net. And it was like, oh, here we go. It's not a goal that he normally scores either, like a snapshot with the ball slightly behind him. Like, that's not his type of goal. Like, Defoe, you can see scoring that. Pav would score that all day week. All, yeah. all day. Oh, my brain is gone. But it's that Sun, Sun's goals are one on one with a keeper or outside the box curling it in. You know, or or a back a pass back from the uh, the corner line. It 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 was an incredible goal, and it really set the mood. Like you know, after Arsenal did what they did, all Spurs fans were going like, "Don't say anything." All of them. Yeah. Yep. And suddenly you just relax into it. But the the thing for me, I don't know how Aston Villa didn't go down to ten men at some point. They they were being filthy. Tyro Mings was all over the place. Mate, there's some tackles. The one on Doherty could have ended his career there's one on Kuliteski which could have broken his knee as well like those two are bad bad tackles I don't know like I thought it, I thought the way Villa approached the game was pretty good like aggressive getting our face like, it, it it rattled us that first half an hour it really did we couldn't get the ball Hugo had his best game of the season you know and that's where when you've got a goalkeeper like that and you need him to have one of those games you know, we wouldn't have won that game without him. If we'd have had a bang average goalkeeper, they would have equalised and probably even gone two one up. I mean, the save that he made from Ramsey, the ball's almost behind him as he tips it over. It's an incredible stop. You know, he made another good one from from John McGinn from distance, which I know the pundits are sort of saying you'd expect a keeper to save that, but he still has to save it. Um, but the save from Ramsey, 
is right up there in the top five saves he's made. Like I don't know how he saved that. Is that the free kick one? No, that was where um, Ramsey got the ball sort of just inside our half, dribbled past yeah, Romero, yeah. got into the box and was like penalty spot almost and drilled it. And Hugo somehow managed to tip it over with his, with his right hand. Yeah. It, unbelievable stop. And there are moments in games where, you know, that's when you need your players to stand up because we were fortunate to go in at half time at 1 0. We really were. Like Villa had a lot of chances. We didn't really do anything. Mm. But it's sort of the first time for quite a while where we showed a little bit of resilience and we were like, you know what? We are here. Let's just be solid, defend our box, get in at half time and regroup. Um, and the second half was just the football we played for that second 45 minutes was. Oh, it was incredible to watch. You know, the composure to play out from the back, the way Kulazewski takes the goal to make it 2-0, he has no right to score from there. Um, mm. It reminded me so much of a typical Jermaine Defoe goal, yeah. in the box, shift, bang. It was like, you know, do you remember the one he scored against City where he, go, he just drops the shoulder on company and hits it in? And it was like, as soon as that goal went in at 2-0, it just felt like it's game over. Even though, you know, for large periods of the 50 minutes we've been playing, we've been second best, we're two up. We were so clinical. I, I, I was trying to think of a game I've watched where we've been as clinical as that. And I just couldn't remember every chance we had goal. Um, it was just, it was brilliant to watch. My favourite was the third, though. The, the ball from Romero into Kane where he looks over his shoulder. Is it? Sun's in. The speed that Sun has as well to sort of get wrong side of the defender and a clinical finish left foot and at that point it was like you know what it's 3-0 it's over um Kulisevsky his decision making in the final third is so good because you got to bear in mind on that fourth goal he's gone past whoever it was um Luca Digna at left back gets into the penalty area goes past Mings most people are just going to lever that a goal he just he takes a touch, gets his head up, cuts it, bang, goal. Sun's finished it. it the, the composure, that front three is just at the minute on absolute fire. It really is. And I think having Sun and Kulisky doing what they're doing is freeing up Kane so much. And defenders just don't know what to do. Um, and you can see it as the game's going on. They're like, do we go with Kane? If we go with him, we're leaving that spacing behind. So then they sit off and then Kane, get, and it's just, it's a nightmare for them. It reminds me, um, but it was of, just it was fantastic. It reminds me of the Kane, Eriksson, Delhi front three. Not exactly the same, but you know when no one could pick him up, Delhi, God rest his soul, wherever he is. Um, but no one knew where they were. Anyone could play in any position, and it was just uh, imagine it, what a nightmare marking those three. Because who do you go with? You can't. Kudelski will pull you out wide, and then he can either play in with his left or right foot. Sun can shoot from any any position, and Kane will just destroy you whether you go tight or whether you leave him off. I I don't know what you do. I I just want to play Arsenal. We've, imagine Arsenal now. Jacker at right back. They haven't got party anymore. I just I want to play him now. I yeah. I'm I'm buzzing that that front three now. I mean, it's only been nine weeks, nine games, nine game weeks since Kulisewski has been in our start 11 and we've scored 28 goals, which is the same as the previous 22 matches, you know, and yeah. Kane hasn't been scoring, but he's been playing just the best football we've ever seen him. He hasn't scored in the last three games, but I thought it was been the interesting. The difference has been is that Kane's turned provider and Kane is playing that Ericsson role now, um, where we have got two wingers that are capable of sticking the ball in the back of the net, we can almost afford for Kane to be doing that and dropping in. Whereas there's been large periods of the last two years where when Kane does drop in to become creator, if they're marking Sun or Sun struggling, there's not really anyone else that's been able to stick the ball in the back of the net. But now you add Kulusevski into that equation, it's just it gives us a completely different dimension. Um, but uh, you know, the two central midfielders again were magnificent. Benson, Core, and Hoiberg were just like the partnership really seems to be becoming, you know, a, a real sort of solid part of our side. But they just complement each other so well. Um, and I do think that Hoiberg is an interesting one because he gets a lot of stick from fans. And I think when you actually go to games and you see him live, you really do see what he brings to the side. And sometimes you watch him on telly and he's trying to hit difficult passes and people think he gives the ball away a lot. But he does bring a lot to that side. But with Benson Court coming into the team, 
it, they just work like an old school pair. One goes forward, one sits, one goes forward, one, and it and it really does sort of just bring something else to us. And it's just great to see the two of them controlling games. And that 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 has been my worry with the formation is that you can get outnumbered in the middle of the park, and it's really difficult to, you know, dictate the tempo of the game. But Benton Court just seems to find a way to do it. And that guy for 20 million is an absolute steal. He really does look to be the missing piece for us. He's cheap. He was 12 or 15, wasn't he? Like that. And that was specifically to screw. It's disgusting. And like I saw Lacelso got player of the match or man of the match against Bayern in the Champions League. And that is exactly what we all hoped he would be. That what Benteke is doing now. And it's mad how quickly they both have taken to the Premier League. And I can't. There can't be any Spurs fan out there who would take Luis Diaz now over Kulusevski. Like no one. Like, and you got you got to shout to give give a shout to Paratici. You got to say you know did a job and where he was Diaz like the distraction or did he get a favour from Juve? Whatever it is, it it felt underwhelming at the time, but I'm trusting the process because yeah. You know, for, well, it's, what's the I think the buyer clause is is it thirty million, thirty five million, which in the current market is an absolute steal. It, like. He's 21. People forget how young Kulusevski is. 21. He's the same birth year as Phil Foden. Like it, it's remarkable. He's got 15 years of his career still in front of him. So to be doing what he's doing at the moment is fantastic. Um, it'd be interesting though to see what happens now. Obviously with Doherty and his injury, um, Regulon's just come back, hasn't he? Um, yeah. And obviously come on for him um, at the weekend. So you'd imagine it's going to be Regulon on the left and. Emerson down the right, and Emerson worries me quite a lot. I don't um, get this. I don't get that as much. I haven't been to as many games as you, so I'll trust your opinion. I don't think he's as bad as people. Some people are hammering him. I don't. I don't see that as as much. I don't know what people expect from him. I think the the worrying thing that it is with Emerson is just it's the same mistakes every game, and there's a bit of you know what we had with Aurier, where again it was similar. It was like, can you learn? to not be making these kind of errors but it seems to be the same thing he does wrong every game which is a which is a worry but he's still young I mean he's coming into a team that's just won four on the bounce so he, you know he could it could be a better time for him to actually now be getting back in the side if we've you know if we'd lost three out of the last five and then he's coming in we're under a lot of pressure but it couldn't be a better opportunity for him to come in yeah Seth should be back soon as well I was going to ask um Seth should be back now. Forty million is a lot. We need money, right? Because we're going to be spend. We need to spend forty million on um, Romero, and we need to spend twenty five. I think it's twenty five to thirty million euros on Kula. We need to do that. So we need to yeah. make money. Now we've got a left back already in Sessegnon, who may not be brilliant, but you know the forty million buyback clause. If Real Madrid uh, come in, come back in for um, uh, what's his face? Are you taking it, um, Reggie? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult one. I don't think Regulon's that great, if I'm completely honest with you. I don't think he's horrendous. I think he's as bad as some supporters. There's a guy that I sit next to. He hates him. He absolutely slaughters him every game. Um, I don't think he's quite bad as that. I think he's, I think he's a Europa League left back, if I'm totally mm. honest with you. That's sort of the level he is. Forty mil's a lot of money. Like, I think I don't think he's worth forty million, but the question is if you sell him for 40 mil you've then got to go and buy a left back and it's like what can you get for 40 mil like which is a, in itself is a mad sum but what could you go and buy for the same money can you go and get someone that's the same level or better than him you might be able to but you know it's a, it's a bit of a risk and the, the, i think the challenge we have with Sessignon is that he's shown glimpses that he's a good player and there's definitely someone there what excites me about him is he's played left wing quite a lot and when mm. we get our wing backs going he you know he's a goal he's a goal threat and you think about the amount of chances Regulon's missed in the last six or seven games you like the Sessignon who's a bit more attacking minded might have put them away but Sessignon can't seem to keep himself fit it might mm. just be that he's rushing back and he's having he's breaking down again but my worry with him is that we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to go with Sessignon as like you wouldn't be able to say we're going to get 25 games out of him because he's not quite shown you can. So it's a really, really hard one. It comes up to the question, who do you go and get? Like, and I can't even really think of that many obvious people that I'm like, oh, we could probably go and get him or go and get him. There's, there seems to be a lot of average footballers around now or world class and there's not a lot in the middle. So 
But I think if if we got offered 40 mil, Levy, you know, he'd be making a profit on him, wouldn't he? So, you know, they probably would take it. Yeah, cause I was trying to do that classic, who's going to go down? Is there anyone in the teams going down that you could come in and actually they could do a job for us? But like Max Ahrens, maybe, but he's he's not. I do like Max Ahrens, to be fair, at Norwich, but... Um, right back for a start. You might be able to get him cheap, but yeah. But it's like, again, he's not going to, he's not exactly going to change change us and make us, you know, a much better side. He's like a, he's a squad player, really. Mm. But it's difficult, the left-back one. Um, but you've got to think, you know, if you're looking at players that are going to leave, um, you'd imagine that they're, 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 surely they've got to try and shift Winks this summer. Yeah. Like, that would be one for me that you think, yeah. His time's probably up. Steve They're going to be shifting Undum and Lacelso. They'll be trying well, to shift if they can. So yeah. Well, the good thing is that Lacelso seems to be doing well, and that's a good thing. And it was also it was amazing Undum scoring at West Ham the other night in the Europa League. Like you just could not have made that up. Um, but it seems like the two of them are doing well. And you want that, you know. I know there's a lot of fans that are like, oh, where were these performances for Spurs? If your player's going out on loan and you want to sell it, you want them to perform. So I think there'll be takers for those two, um, especially Lo Celso. I think Underbelly might be a tougher one to shift. But Lo Celso is proven in Spain that he's a good player over there. So I'd be surprised if there wasn't a side that want to come in. For Got Bergwijn yet, but it'd probably be another one. Although I'd be, for me, Bergwijn's one that, if he wants to stay, I wouldn't be pushing to get rid of him. I do need squad players. I'd be looking more maybe like Lucas Moura with his age and that. Could we actually How look to shift him, shift him on? I think Moore is 29, going to be 30, or he's 30, going to be 31. He's getting to that point, you know, where it's like it's sell or a new contract, and I think he's probably in the sell. But I think category. as we're going to be in the Champions League next year, maybe even from third position. You do need a squad. You do, you, you need do a need a squad, but... and those two are perfect for the Champions League. Like Mora, Bovine, that's Champions League type players, I feel. And you know, I. But and again, you've right. got you've also got you've got your centre halves, and you've got Sanchez and Road, and you know, one of they're going to look to maybe get rid of one of them. There's also you know the situation with the fullbacks. So I think there's plenty of players that we'll be looking at, thinking, can we shift these players out? And we'll be able to raise a decent. There's, there's four or five there that you'd like to think you could get. You'd be getting 15 mil for, and all of a sudden you've got 75 million there, and that sort of pays for Romero and Kulusevski. And then you're saying to the chairman, right, how much are we actually going to go and spend in this window? Which has yeah, to be yeah. 75 mil plus. You'd think, wouldn't you? Yeah. You'd yeah. think they have to go for it this summer and, and actually really go and, and spend well. Um, so I think that there's a lot of stuff that we can be doing there in the summer. Um, we just again, we just got to make sure that recruitment. Oh, there's Brian Brian, Brian Hill as Brian well. Hill as out well. on loan, isn't there? Pape Mate Sars um, coming back it, as well. Yeah. What well, coming back? He's coming. Um, he's coming. Um, yeah, Brian Hill will definitely be one that they're like. No, we'll get rid of him. Um, there's a lot of talk about. I think so. I think I'm so. Not sure. I think if if we if if they could get back what they paid, I think he'll be gone. I'm not sure. Well, let, let's see. Let's see. And there's a lot of stuff, rumours of us being linked with Sam Johnston as well, isn't it? The West Brom keeper, which is an interesting one, because Bellini <laughs> is not going to be one that we're going to be exercising the buy clause. Um, and that's that that type of goalkeeper sort of makes sense, doesn't it? Like youngish for a goalie, English. So in terms of that homegrown quota, he's 29. And the problem with 29 is we've got a keeper. We, we need two keepers, really. We need a successor to Hugo and we need a backup. Sam Johnston at 29, I'm fine for a backup, but, who, but I don't know who the young keepers are anymore. You know, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's really hard. I do think that the, the state of football at the moment and the quality out there is, if you look at like the median of standard of players, is the lowest it's been for a long time. You know, if you look around a lot of the top teams in the world, like their sides aren't that great, apart from City and Liverpool. I don't think their sides are that great. But do you think that's because we've been spoilt with having two like gods of football, and then everyone else in comparison is on the scale is much is squashed down for everyone else? Whereas now the best players in the world are Kane, Lewandowski, Salah, you know, Haaland, Vlalovic, whoever else they are. And so actually we're seeing just that stretch a bit more. And and yeah. 
But what I'm finding interesting is Barca and Real haven't got any money. So the players they're signing are largely going on freeze now, like Kessie and Haaland and all of this sort of stuff. And so that's the the market's quietening down from that respect. Like the, the idea of someone going for 200 million now is crazy. You know, like Atletico played, paid, what, 120 for that Jao Felix, who's a sits on the bench now that that, that can't happen anymore so it's you're definitely right it has it has settled down a bit hasn't it and it's like you couldn't see the only massive deal you could see this summer's Haaland but isn't his release clause is not insane is it it's something like it's less than 100 mil isn't it this summer which I know is still ridiculous money but for a player of that quality um 63 million has to be activated before the end of this month that's mad what was it it? sorry 63 (laughs) 60. I mean, he's going to, well, he probably already does have all the offers on the table from, there won't be a team in the world that won't be willing to pay that and, and get him in. Um, so you sort of look round and Bappe's probably going to go on a free, isn't he? So it's like, well, it, he, it doesn't he strike me. I mean, but the, the point is, yeah, you would have gone to Real Madrid, but yeah, he might be staying now. Yeah. So you, you, you imagine that there's not going to be that 150 mil transfer that then creates the domino effect of like four or five massive deals because that first one's probably not going to happen now well even like pepe for 72 million that that just wouldn't happen anymore right that that is a dreadful signing and it just people can't afford that anymore and they can't afford these crazy wages so i think we'll see a lot more players come to the i I think i think we'll end on ballet will leave on a free because i don't think anyone's going to want to pay his wages and no or we we do the thing that we did with um aurier where we just sort of can't or like arsenal did with a bummy and where they just you just cancel it and just go like we're we're all saving face and money if we just go our separate ways i think we'll see a lot more of that it's mad that that stuff's starting to happen now. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what happened in the market. And to be honest, for someone like Spurs, it could not be happening at a better time, all of that, because we're not the club that's going to go and spend £100 million on a player. Like we, it's just not going to happen, especially when we have spent big on Undembele and other players go back the last 10 years. Those big signs have not really worked out for us. So we're not really going to, ever going to do that. So the fact that the market might actually be stabilising and coming down a fair bit is only going to be a good thing for us because we can be competitive with wages. And there's this big thing that Spurs... Well, we would Money that Kane and Lloris and Son, they'll be on big, big money. So it's not as if wages are not there. We're just very reluctant. And I understand why to go and slap down transfer fee so um it could be a good summer for us we've got more debt than any other team in in the world we've got more debt than barcelona atletico madrid man united like if you have a look what's through scramble we're a, a 1.2 billion in debt that's a huge amount of money and i know that's all stadium and it's all locked up in clever deals but it's it's a lot of money and that that has to change especially if we want to sell um we'll just have to see well, I think the other thing as well is that, that I've definitely forgotten about is that we still haven't sold the naming rights to the stadium. And when that happens, a large chunk of that debt that we do have is going to be gone. Um, and I'm sure Levy's had offers, but he's obviously just trying to strike the best deal possible. But that is going to be a, when that does happen, that will be huge for us because the amount of money that we will be in debt, the amount that we're going to be paying back and all that stuff is going to be reduced significantly. Yeah, so I remember, like, well, the AIA sponsorship, I remember reading, was about 35 million a year. So I, I imagine it would be around that. So it's not it's not going to touch much of 1.2, but it's a start, I think. It's a start. No, like, no, stadium rights normally go for a lot, don't they? A bit more, maybe, yeah. But well, I guess especially as the, the stadium's going to be used for NFL and it's going to be used for concerts yeah. and boxing and stuff. Maybe. I hope so. I, I, who do you want, though? Like the Spotify new camp breaks my heart a little bit because we've both been to the new camp it doesn't feel right but though to be honest like when when all this started happening you know back really when when Woolwich got their new ground it become the Emirates and it was a little bit like oh god this is awful now it's quite common and I'm like it can be called whatever it wants so it's going to be White Hart Lane like I really could not care whatever they that if it's the Amazon arena or you know whatever it is never going to be that to the fans so actually it could be a stupid name as long as we get the most amount of money for it and that helps us out. I'm quite cool with it, to be honest. I would love it if Armitage Shanks just 
just they rolled with it and went for it like you know the people <laughs> who make the toilets just because yeah. it does look like a loose seat i would i would love that that would be incredible and it was a was it with armored chanks it was like is that the name of the person or is it the name of the person they hate the most because everyone's just pissing <laughs> yeah. on them all day and i was like really rate that it's amazing that's the weatherspoons thing isn't it it's the guy's named he's called weatherspoons after the guy's teacher who told him he'd never make it and so now everywhere he goes he just sees a reminder of what he what he put, let down um, I'm just having a look at the Premier League table at the moment as well, because that race for, for fourth spot is just going to go to the wire. It really is. It will go to the last day because, you know, we're on 57 points, played 31. Woolwich are on 54 points, they played 30. Their game in hand um, is away to Chelsea. So, you know, it's obviously a tough game for them. We do have a superior goal difference as well. So even if they win their game in hand, we're still going to be above them. So it means now we've put ourselves in a position where you're looking ahead to the North London derby. If we can just sort of maintain this form for the next three or four games, I think if we if we won like our next three, I think it's ours. I really do, because that would mean we'd have to lose to Arsenal and we'd have to fall apart in a couple of games. The um, the difficult fixture we still have is obviously we have to go to Anfield. Um, so that's going to be a really tough one for us. But again, the way we're playing at the moment, would be going into that game of confidence but um what's happened at arsenal has just been absolutely incredible they've lost three of their last five games in the i Premier said League. it i said it um, on here they've just to be fair you did you did call it you did say like they will crumble when the pressure really does happen to them i just can't believe it like the games they've lost have been horrendous um and have you seen the stuff about lacazette like how long since he scored He's just, I think he scored two goals this that. season in open. I said, who's going to score their goals? I, that's what yeah. I, I said. It. I said, the, oh, the teams have been playing, Arsenal have been at their very best. The other teams have been laying down. As soon as the pressure comes, they'll crumble because they've just got kids and they've got an amateur manager. And I mean, I'm looking at their results, they, uh, their fixtures. Southampton probably win, but can cause people difficulties. Chelsea, they'll lose. Man United, who knows, probably lose. West Ham, again, who knows. Leeds, who knows. Spurs, We'll smash them, like, and then Newcastle, Everton. They'll probably beat those two. Like, weak. Isn't it mad that when when Arsenal bottled playing us, Romero was injured. We didn't have Bentoncourt and we didn't have Kulusevski, and they didn't want to play us. It's crazy. Like the the craziest thing about the Premier League table is we've won the same amount of games as Chelsea. Yeah, they've got one game in hand against us. But we've won eighteen. Chelsea have won eighteen. Chelsea have lost four. Mate, we've lost ten. That's madness. If we'd have be- if we'd have beaten them in either of the league games, we'd be above them. What's that about? Like it's just it is such a ridiculous season, and sort of all of the twists and turns at the bottom of the league as well. Like which I just want to talk about quickly because last week when Burnley beat Everton, I thought Everton were down. Me too. Like I just thought they're finished. And now Burnley go and lose at Norwich. Everton beat United. Now all of a sudden it looks four points now. Burnley are gone. It is the weirdest season with so many twists and turns, but it's so exciting. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, uh, I just, did you watch the uh, Real Madrid Chelsea game? Because what a game that uh, was. I saw, I saw the highlights back of it. Oh, Unbelievable. They've made a humongous TIFO um, Real Madrid with, you can't beat the Kings, 13 next one because that's it just seen a rumor now looking for that that man city have off made an offer for harland for 75 million transfer fee 30 million salary and 70 million in agent fees that is disgusting that agent fee thing but that will be that'll be the kind of thing that sways the deal though yeah yeah absolutely, like, absolutely. that's insane money that's insane money but that's it though isn't it because i don't have to pay the transfer fee they can just well they don't know the transfer of what he's they can, do you know what I mean? But do you know what I mean? Haaland is worth at least, yeah, what, yeah. 150, you would say. So it's like, they'll be like, oh, we've only got to pay 70, 80 or whatever. We can just do the rest in basically getting him to agree to come and play for us. I mean, him at City, you never know how a player's going to take to the Premier League. But if you if you look at the type of goals he scores, you, you'd think he looks tailor-made for the Prem. Him going up up at City and then having that an actual number nine. Do you think they played the whole season without a striker? Um that's, yeah. that's really scary. That's, that's really scary. Can go in there. Um, um, mad. Can I talk two things. Brentford, 
Uh, when Ericsson starts, four wins, zero draws, zero losses, 11 goals. Amazing. I mean, that's... I watched, Brentford. I, w- I watched Brentford West Ham at the weekend, to be honest. Um, mm. And he was the best player on the park, Ericsson. He really he was. was. Just really clever, smart play. And I know you when he went to Brentford, both you and Chris said to me, would you take him back? And I was a little bit like, oh, I don't know. But sort of, the more I'm watching him at the moment, and like having a player like that, that... Maybe he doesn't quite fit the Conte system. I couldn't quite see where he'd start. But imagine us struggling in the game and being able to say, this isn't working, we're going to go to three in the middle of the park, and being able to put him on is like, actually, that'd be a really great different option for us. But he still he can still deliver. That's basically what he's shown since he's going at Brentford. He's still got the quality to be able to do it. He basically had an injury for a year and he's back. That's, that's all that's happened. And yeah, it was more serious because he died. But... Um... He just, he's still the brilliant footballer that, he, the problem is the Conte thing, Conte had him, didn't play him, never played him, and so I, that may put him off, but he said how much he loves Spurs, and the rumours are we're watching him closest out of anyone, so I'd take him back. Yeah. Can I talk, um, Coutinho was disappointing, I thought, I don't know what is going on with him, imagine being him where you've got all this, all this talent, and you just don't deliver consistently, and I know he's done it a bit of Barcelona, a bit of Bayern. I think he's I think he's just that type of player, ASD, to be totally honest, where it's like he'll have three or four games, he looks brilliant, and then he goes off it. I think that's sort of what he is. Um, you know, he's, he didn't have a great... It didn't really work out at all for him at Barca, did it? No. He looked like he was capturing his best form when he went back when he was at Bayern. But then again, that sort of dipped, and he's coming at Villa, and the first two or three games, he got a couple of goals, didn't he? And it was like, oh, Villa have done well to get in. But... You know, I, I honestly, I don't think Gerard's doing a very good job at Villa, if I'm totally honest. If you look at the, the side they've got, they, they shouldn't be sort of competing for European spots, don't get me wrong. But they're, they're only sort of like five or six points in front of like Leeds, who, are, are, you know, are probably going to have just enough to stay up. But if you look at the players that they do have, Villa, I do think they should be doing a lot better. You know, front three of Coutinho, Ings and Watkins is decent. John McGinn's a good player at central midfield. Um, Mings, I'm not a massive fan of, but in terms of what he brings to a Premier League side, he's, him and Conte are pretty solid. They signed um, Digna from Everton in the window. They've got a good goalkeeper in Martinez. Like, I don't know, I just look at that and think there'd be a lot of sides in the top six that would quite happily take a few of their players. And they'd be like, not even just squad players, they'd be good players for them. So I, I look at Villa and I'm just a little bit like, I don't quite know... Yeah. I don't quite know what they're trying to do. Like They're just drifting at the moment. I know they've only been back in the Premier League a few years, but a squad of that calibre, I think, should be doing a lot better than being 13th, 14th or wherever it is they are. I say it feels like if there was a plan and a real team ethos, that could be a team that could do something. If everyone knew their roles and just did their job, it could be a real... That that would be... That's that, the missing that team, factor. That team is better, better than the Leicester than the team. team like... The, well, I think that team's better than like the team that Potch had in his first couple of years at Spurs. Like that Villa team's way better. So you do have to slightly look at. I know Gerald's not been in the job that long, but what's going on there? Because they mm. they should be doing better. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, mate, the um, f- something we haven't had for a while. Uh, post. Um, <laughs> I've been going through it, and. Prince Andrew keeps on writing emails, but I just don't even open them anymore. Um, but I have had one from Tenzin Ghetto, the 14th Dalai Lama. And he was saying, he said, look, Hyung Min Son, uh, my Asian brother, he said, look, um, 85 goals now, which took Eason Azard 245 games, whereas it only took Son 225 games. Son is nine assists behind, but he's got 20 games to go. Who you having, Son or Kane? Peace be with you. Son or Kane? Son, sorry, or Azad? Sorry, my brain. Then. I was going to say, um, God, it's a tough. It's a it's a really tough question. That um, the season that Hazard had at sea when he won the league, he was by a country mile, the best player in the Premier League. And he's, I've seen him have games against Spurs where he, he does make, he go like, wow, and he can run, completely run games. 
Sun's consistency, especially up in the last two seasons, and that's always been my question mark with Sun, can he go to the next level and really just become more clinical and and become one of the top players in his position, and he's done that. So it's a hard one because if you're looking at their overall Premier League careers, I'd, I'd argue that Sun's been better for Spurs, but a top-performing Hazard is probably better than a top-performing Sun, but you're not going to get that top-performing Hazard. I'm, I'm taking Sun. I'm taking Sun. But it's difficult. It is hard, isn't it? Because he was he was magic, Ethan Hazard, and that you could fit, you can feel like you could mark Sun out of a game, and Hazard, you just couldn't, you just couldn't get near him. He's too small. He reminds me of Joe Cole a bit, you know, just that short, stocky, yeah. amazing balance, magic feet. And the difference with the, the other difference with the two players is Hazard was one of them, them players that if he wasn't in the game, he'd go and play centre midfield. He'd just be like, I'm leaving my position. I'm just going to go and get the ball. Whereas Son's not that kind of player. He was sort of, he knows what he's good at and he sticks to that. Um, yeah. But I just think that the level, the level that Son's been able to take his game to has been remarkable. Like, I think we all watched him and thought he can get more efficient in front of the goal. He can get those numbers up. But I don't think any of, you, any of us fought to this level. Like, he's only three goals behind Salah in the Premier League this season. And Salah's on yeah. penalties at Liverpool as well. But, you know, you do have to just bear that in mind. Like, Son could get the golden boot in the Premier League this season. It wouldn't be unheard of. Um, so for him to now actually be in that conversation, he's gone from being a really effective wide man for us that can maybe get you 10, 12 goals to he could be the golden boot. It's remarkable what he's gone on to do. Um but Hazard for sure is one of the best. Anyway, I think anyone that's seen Hazard play, they would say he's one of the best players I've ever seen. But look at his decline. Look at look at him since really since from when Jose went back in at Chelsea and they won the league. After that, he's been terrible. Do you know what I mean? And that's sort of like four, five, six seasons. He's not really done anything. It's just who are you taking that? Are you having Son as well? Son has won. Five consecutive best footballers in Asia. Hazard's won none. Hazard, Hazard's never won. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's. I think if I was watching, if you just said you could only watch one game picked at random, I might pick Hazard and you know just just to watch him. But I think I'd just much rather Sun for my team. I think he he just delivers more consistently in in more areas. Like Hazard, you know what you're getting. You're getting a really tricky winger. Whereas Sun can do a lot more things, like you'll help more in defence, things like that. So I'm taking Sun. I'd also argue that Hazard as that left winger and his style isn't really what the top sides want out of that type of player anymore. They all want runners. They want energy. They want someone that can win the ball back high up. If if we look at all of the real top teams in the world, their their front three are all quite similar in style. You know, like imagine imagine like. Sun going in at Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? Like that is 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 that kind of he just strikes fear into you, doesn't he? Mm. Um, but for me, like Sun this season's been f- absolutely phenomenal. Um, Scary, he's been he? pretty consistent as well all the way throughout the season. Of course, he has the odd game where he's not quite on it, but his levels of performance near enough every game. Even when we had Nuno at the start, like Sun was sort of still the one that was trying to, you know. Um, drag the team up to his level. Um, but it's a great question. And it, I'm surprised that the numbers are that similar between the two. Like in my head, I still don't associate Sun with scoring that that number of goals, but, you know, obviously he has. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think he's he's one of my most respected and liked, like most fashionable footballers outside of Spurs fans. You know, like all the kids will want to be like Sun and Kane. Do you see that video of... Um... What's his face? Griezmann heading that ball and shouting, Harry Kane, you know. Yeah. That was so weird. So weird. I didn't think it was real to start with because it didn't even sound like Griezmann. No. I was just like, that's weird. Why would someone edit a video to have Griezmann shouting? It's like, oh no, it's actually genuine. Um, I I think some will probably win our player of the season this year again though, didn't you? Yeah. Um, Maybe Kane. Maybe people will try to... uh, um, convince him to stay but I mean who knows uh, yeah um, should we talk a little bit about um, upcoming games yeah yeah so we've got we've got Brighton this week um, lunchtime kickoff on Saturday 
Um, funny old team, Brighton. They've been on a horrendous run. I think they they lost six or seven in a row. So it's great that that not only great for us that they beat Arsenal last week for top four, but it's just nice that that game. They're obviously going to win at some point, won't they? You can't just keep losing. Yeah. Um, We've all, I've always said this about Brian, and they're not a particularly great side, but we always find it challenging tactically against them. Um, but we, we played really well, didn't we, when we beat them away? Was it 2-0? Not actually that long ago. Um, so you'd hope the run that we're on, four, four wins on the bounce, we can make that five. We, we simply have to win. Like We absolutely have to. We've got Brighton, Brentford, Leicester, the next three. So Brighton at home, Brentford away. Leicester at home, not nine points. Like we absolutely, absolutely have to take nine. And I think if we do that, I think if we win our next three, um, then we'll get top four, which just is absolutely mad. Yeah, because you go there on next three, we win those three, nine points. Arsenal, we do, you don't want to concentrate on them, but you have to talk about them. Southampton, Chelsea, Man United, they could legitimately get three or even naught from that if we go nine even, points ahead. Even even if the impossible happened, we took nine, they took nine, right? We're mm. still three points in front of them. And it's like, then let's say they win their game hand to get a level and or whatever. Like, we've just, if we can win the next three, the likelihood is they're probably going to drop points in the next three games. But even if they don't, we're still going to be three points in front of them and we're running out of games. And it'll get to the point where that North London derby not that we would ever play that game for a draw, but they have to beat us. Mm. And it's like, that's just generally for your mentality, like them coming into that game, knowing they have to win away at Spurs. You know, they haven't beaten us away. They haven't beaten us at our place. I think since Tim Sherwood was the last time in the league, they beat us at our place. We we didn't lose to them at home under Potch where there there was the odd draw, but we haven't lost them at home in the league for a long time. I think it was one nil Sherwood. When Riziki scored after about 25 seconds, I think I that was the last league home defeat. Um, going into so you know, it's a ground late, that yeah. they, yeah, it's a ground they've not done particularly well in. Um, and then the last two games we've got, you know, Burnley at home, Norwich away, but those two sides will probably be down by then. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you're looking at our fixtures, these next three games are so important. Um, and if we can get three wins, it's asking a lot to take. You know, because that would mean seven wins on the bounce for us, which we don't really go on those kind of runs. So no. it wouldn't surprise me if we did have two wins and a draw in there. But if we can take nine, Carl, like I just couldn't see us not getting it if we win the next three. But I, yeah, I me too. Seven I, is it? Seven games ago, we were seven. We were in seventh, seven points behind Man United. Since then, we are now six points ahead of them. And we lost to them in one of those games. And you yeah. go like, we were like, oh, we're going to make even make seventh West Ham. They could make fourth. Both of those are dropped away. I know. I mean, I mean, I'm going to say it. Chelsea are only five points ahead. <laughs> they lost the game. <laughs> yeah. And then they like, then they beat Southampton six. How nervous do you think Southampton fans were six nil like 55 minutes, knowing they've lost two games nine nil? Like I yeah. thought that was going to be 10-11 nil at one point. Yeah, I'm not their biggest fan. Um, Chelsea have still got to play United, Arsenal, and West Ham, which is great for us because they'll all take I didn't points. Know it. Yeah, I didn't know that. they'll all take I points mean, off each other. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to think about third. You're definitely more ambitious than me. I'm just we still. Don't third. I was sure until a few weeks ago that we'd finish seventh and we'd be in the Europa Conference League and we'd get twenty pound tickets Thursday night, five past eight start. Now I. I will be disappointed if we don't make the Champions League. And I don't think I there's think been... It's the same old thing, isn't it? Like, the last four games have been brilliant. The 27 games prior to that, we've been so inconsistent. Yeah, yeah. Even over the course of 90 minutes, we've been inconsistent. And we've said all season long, like, we're not a side that you think realistically can be playing the Champions League next year. No. And it's like, so I've not even really, it's not even really been something I've been thinking about. I've just been wanting us to, to finish as high up the league as possible and not come seventh. Like, and yeah. I've been thinking to myself, Europa League will be good for us next year to just, to even just be back in that competition will be a good thing for us. To now being like, we're in fourth with seven games to go. It's in our hands. <laughs> it's the hope that kills you, isn't it's it? It's mad, isn't it? Um, 
Jay's just put on the group. I was looking for something else. He's just said, if they, if you could guarantee third now, someone said you can guarantee third, but you have to be smashed eight nil by the scum at our place. What are you doing? Eight nil. Eight nil. Oh, but we finished for I don't no no can't do it. That look that that would be a defeat that you'd be reminded about every day for the rest of your life. You'll never forget it, will you? But I'll flip it then. We finished fifth, but But we we beat Arsenal eight nil. See, I don't know if I'd do that. Do what I mean? I before losing such a specific scoreline 8 nil as well like where's, yeah. where's he got that from it's if it's 10 so surely 5 or 10 I'd take 10 and 5th because that's like Premier League record they'd never they would never live that down you'd all like yeah. you know that 8-2 that Man United 8-2 they'll never forget that for yeah. as long as they live Ashley Young was just bending them in the top corner wasn't he Rooney was doing what he wanted um, Chesney was dancing on the line thinking he was in and he said he was in Rooney's head he wasn't Rooney was putting the ball Rooney wherever he wanted <laughs> <laughs> I love it I love it mate I did have a I did have a quiz I just shut it down but give me a second because I'll find it again um, unless you've got anything I've not got a quiz no but it's such an it's, so, it's just so good at the minute like I'm really excited for the games again, and I know like you obviously you enjoy it more when you're winning, but I, I, you do look, you do look forward to it a bit more. There's a lot more sort of togetherness, and that unity really does seem to be there. And Conte can as well. I love that. I absolutely mm. love that. He goes just as mad on a fourth goal in a four nil as he does the first one. Yeah. I, I love it. And do you know the um like the what am I saying the um. I was thinking about the end of season results and I was thinking, oh, I'm really frustrated. Like, I'm really, like, let me start again. I was thinking about our end of season uh, awards, which is my favourite episode of the year. And I was thinking, like, we're not going to have anything to celebrate. Like, it's going to be really depressing if the best thing that we've got is that Man City away game or doing the double over City. That feels like a real small club mentality. But now we've got so much to talk about. And I was thinking, like, I can't remember what I was thinking. I'm, I'm so tired. Um, I've got a quiz for you. So 18th of August 2012. No particular reason for it, but AVB's first game for Tottenham. Do you remember score? You're weird like this. I used to be able to do this. Oh, was it was it Newcastle away? Yeah. Was it? And did we win? No. Was it 1-1? We lost 2-1. Last minute goal from Perez. Or Let me have a look. That sounds about right. Ben score? Ben Arthur, 2-1 penalty in the 84th minute. Sounds about right. Bar scored, yeah, in the 55th minute. Then we equalised Defoe on 74. Then they came back 10 minutes later. That sums up the AVB era, that, doesn't it? God, yeah, that was 10 minutes ago. Have you got that? Was was Van der Vaart on the bench in that game? Well, I'm going to give you the... I'm going to ask you the team. Um, All right. So I'll tell you their team, just to give you a bit of context. They had Krull, Simpson, Stephen Taylor, Perch, Santon, Ben Arthur, Teote, Kabai, Gutierrez, Cisse, Barr, with Harper, Williamson, Anita, Goslin, Ryan Taylor, Shola Amiobi, and Obertan on the bench. Obertan. Um, I'm just trying to work out what are. We're definitely playing a 4-2-3-1. Or 5-1, yeah, it's AVB, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's got that's bit. true. Right, let's think then. So, I'm, so I'm a little, the goalkeeper is. Was it Hugo? No. It's Friedel then, is it? It's Friedel, yeah. Friedel in goal. Okay. And, and then the back... on the bench. We didn't even have Hugo at that point. Okay, so that must have been when we got. We must have got Hugo in that window then. Mm. Um, back four. Carl Walker at right back. Carl Walker at right back, yeah. Um, Danny Rose at left back. No. Nope. Carl Norton left nope. back. Norton's on the bench. Um, maybe it was still Asui Cotto then, was it at yep. that time? Um, okay, this is weird because this feels like the Harry Redknapp team. It does, doesn't it? He might oh, be, I know, it's actually. It's just it, is. it is. Yeah. To be fair. So then uh, Dawson at centre half. 
He's not even no, on the Dawson, bench. Yeah. No. Um, wow. Um, Ledley's gone by this point. Ledley's so does that mean? Oh, does that does that mean Fazio? Nope. Nope. Um, Sebastian Basson? No, not quick. Not a quick pair. Um, William Gallas still. William Gallas is there, yeah. William Gallas and French fella came back to it. Is he French? No, oh, Kabul. Kabul. Yeah, Kabul. Yep. Um, right. they're now a two in the middle. Two central midfielders. I love um, one, and I've got a shirt of the other. Huddleston? No. Um, Jake Livermore? Jake Livermore, got the shirt. Jake Livermore. Um, and I love this defensive midfielder. Had his um, house soundproofed. Parker? No. No, I'm not. Dude. Had his house not soundproofed. Sandro? Yeah. Um, Sandro. Sandro and Livermore. Let me feel Christ. No wonder he struggled. But then... Um, but then Aaron Lennon? Aaron, Aaron Lennon. Lennon on the right? Yeah. Um, Bale on the left? Yeah. Or wherever. And then... Was it Sigurdsson? It was in the middle. Sigurdsson with Defoe up top. Yeah, very good. Very good, mate. Yeah. Uh, Kuzicini on the bench for Tongan, Van der Vaart, Norton, Janus, Townsend, Kane. For Tongan and Van der Vaart on the bench. Mad, it's it? just... We must put... have just signed for Tongan. Like, we must have. Yeah. But just stick it... I mean, you put him in instead of Gallas. You put Van der Vaart in instead of... But Van der Vaart might have lost his legs by then. Like he I think was. Th- I think that I think that was the last like even squad van. I think Van der Vaart went after that game because I remember I remember watching it and being like, why is Van der Vaart on the bench? Like that is baffling. Yeah. He was our best. He's been our best player, and then it was like, oh, he's gone. Um, he was just one of them players. Clearly, AVB was like, nah, like no, I haven't you? I think this was Gilfie's first game. You know. Yeah, I do as well. Yeah, I loved him before. For his beautiful. I, I had um, Sky Sports on earlier, uh, and they were just showing like like five minute clips of old games, and they had Swansea winning three two at uh, Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. Klopp first took over. Lorente scored two. Sigurdsson was playing. Tom Carroll was playing. Cole Norton. It was like an ex Spurs side. Well, yeah, Swansea. There? They won three two at Anfield. Klopp's been there like six, seven years. Has he? In my head, he's been there three. Yeah. That's so weird. No, no, no. Because Klopp, Klopp's first game for Liverpool was at the old White Hart Lane, and it was a nil-nil draw. Balotelli was up front for Liverpool. Like, <laughs> do you know what That's I mean? Mad. Yeah, he's been there. He's, he has been there a while. God, I'm so. Bad he had like Joe man. Allen and Lalana. He had a really poor Liverpool side when he took over. Jeez. Fair play. I mean, he's obviously done well there. He's done all right. He's done all right. And in Champions League, yeah, Premier yeah. League, not bad. Yeah. Who do, uh, that's a question for you. What? What's? Whose style do you prefer? Do you prefer Klopp's, you know, like pressing, really aggressive front three, or do you prefer Pep's control the game, pass, pass, pass? What is your preference of the two? It's so hard, isn't it? Because with Pep, you go. You've seen so many different styles from him. And that that's been the making of the man. Like he's, he, he has done it with, with infinite riches of talent and money, hasn't he? At the different places he's been to. Like when, and immediately my brain goes, well, like that peak of Barcelona, Xavi, Iniesta, Busquets, Messi, and then whoever else was playing with him, Villa. That was the peak of football. There, there's no team that could have beaten that team. No, no, I, I just don't believe there's a team that could have beaten that team. What, what? What do you think? Like the, I feel like the only the only club side that I think could give them a game is the AC Milan team of like oh three oh four. You know when it was like Kaka, Sadorf, Perlo, Gattuso, Inzaghi, Shevchenko, Maldini, Cafu, Dida. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what it was to, but like that that team I think is the only other club side that I'm like could they have I'd love to see matched it. that Barca team. Yeah, you'd love I mean, to I agree it. with you. That Barcelona team is my is my absolute favourite. But the, that Milan side was equally just as incredible. But then answering your question, I think I prefer the Klopp side because I feel it's more flexible and it allows more different types of players. Like you have to have the best of the best players to play 
the um, Pep Pep way. So it feels and if just it still feels dirty, city and and inauthentic because there's no way they should be able to afford that. So I think Klopp it feels more homegrown Klopp. I, I know they've got Foden at City who could be one of the best players in the world, but you know. I, I don't know. I just prefer, as much as I hate to say it, I feel like they were a bit embarrassing on the touchline as well. Did you see their handshake afterwards? Yeah. A bit, it's a bit cringe, but it's obviously a very emotional game and it means so much to me. I just want to see, I want to see a bit of hatred between managers. Like, I love all of that with football. Like, real, I don't like you kind of rivalries. Like, football rivalries now, rivalries are built on, like, respect. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's like rivals, we're, we're all at the elite and the football you play is brilliant. Where's the, I would love it if we beat them. Where's yeah. all that gone? Do you know what I mean? I'd, I'd, I'd love to, I feel like Conte's got a bit of that about him, to be fair. He strikes me as one that is maybe not actually that liked amongst the other Premier League managers because he's just like, yeah. no, I'm just here to win, win at all costs. And I will enjoy winning in a dirty manner more than I will sort of playing your team off the park. He's got that kind of vibe about him. Yeah, I, like I, I really feel like Warnock had that in him, you know, and you've got to pay your respects to him. Brilliant, brilliant Neil Warnock um, clip when he's managed Cardiff and they have that stinker of a decision against Chelsea and he stands about five metres away from the officials at full time, just with his head in his hands, just looking at them. It's, it's absolutely amazing. He's such a character. He's, he's done now, isn't he? Apparently, he's done, Warnock, he's he said that's it. He's just retired. That's retired. why I brought him up. And he had obviously the best um, anagram of his name. You know about that? Colin Wayne. Colin. Colin. What did you do that Amazing. for? Colin. He, he had what, like 1,600 games managed, did he? It's just like... Most promotions of any insane. manager. Like, legend yeah, of the game, really. Insane. Legend of the game. Um, for anyone that hasn't seen it as well, you've got to go and watch the documentary when he's manager of Sheffield United. It is the team talks are just the most. The, my favourite one is the player that has got um, a bit of sickness. He's he's had something and he's not well and he's ill in the changing room and he's like go go and have buffs on you make me sick if I look at you and it's just like it's it's amazing. There's that brilliant comparison video, isn't there, of Warnock and Pep and yeah, their yeah. managerial styles and it's one of the funniest. It's it's so British. It's um, so British yeah. Amazing. It is British because they're actually really similar. The way it's been edited, they're really similar. And then you see them when they're doing the hobby, and Pep's off doing something glamorous, and Warnock's just sat there fishing. Fishing, isn't he? And it's like the bit where Warnock's like, You've got to die to get three points. And Pep's like, It's all about playing and passing. And Warnock's yeah. like, Let's get leathered in. It's, like, it's amazing. <laughs> amazing. Oh, well, let's hope we get. Let's hope Spurs get levered in at home against Brighton at the weekend um, and bring Score. home three points. Um, I think it's going to be a bit tighter. Two one. Five nil. It's going to be a five. Yeah, mate. I just. I think there's just such a wave of. It feels a little bit like that last season at Lane. Like there's there's momentum and emotion and there's just that wave of aggression from the team that they know what they're doing now. They know how to play together and. Brighton, you either play, they'll either hold back against us or they won't. And either way, I think we can break them down. I think we're just better than them. So I'm expecting a massive result. Yeah, well, fingers crossed for it. Let's hope that this form continues, eh? Um, mm. And until then, and until next week, when whatever happens, future bright, future silly white, come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football. And I always thought that football was a very important game. But I never realised until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. 
We are the log, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.